Check. A little social experiment for us this morning to kick off our time together. There's a well-known psychologist, her name is Dr. Brene Brown, and she will tell us that when our brains don't have all the information about a given situation or a given relationship, our brains are hardwired to make up the missing pieces. So let me ask you this morning, what story did your brain just tell you? Forgot to turn it on. What else? What story did your brain tell you? What's up with the sound guy? What was that one? It's an illustration. Good. What else? You were getting ticked. First time I've seen Tyler mad. We need to spend more time together, you and I. Let me ask you a harder question. How did you feel? Awkward. Anything else? What was that one? Serious? Oh, furious. Curious. That's funny because we're going to get into that in a second. Humor. Good. Suspicious. Ooh. And now you're not going to trust anything I say for the next little bit. Um, yeah, that, that was frustrating because it was frustrating right here. Uh, in, in my day job, uh, I'm faced with that scenario a lot because um, I work in an office and a lot of my conversations happen via video. So, man, if I had a nickel for every time I heard or said, you're on mute, I'd have more nickels than I have right now. Um, isn't hearing such a gift? I mean, you think about it, I'm, I'm realizing that the longer I spend on planet Earth and the more that ability obviously goes away, uh, the ability to, to talk with somebody, to hear, in, to hear tone, to hear emotion. I mean, we just spent 20 minutes hearing really great music, hearing really great worship and being able to participate in that because we could hear. But let me ask you this this morning. Hearing when it comes to our faith is equally maybe more important, isn't it? Let me ask you this question. For those of us in the room, those of us online, uh, do you ever have those times when you feel that like maybe God is on mute? Maybe God has a mic pack in his pocket and he just has the mute button on with you? Those times when you're praying and you're asking and you're doing all the right things but you just keep praying, you just keep praying and nothing. I've had those times. This morning, um, if we could get those slides, this morning, uh, the name of the message is Sacred Silence. And I wanna divide our time into two parts. This is how we're gonna do it this morning. Um, I wanna explore this concept of hearing from God, and I wanna lay some foundation about why we believe that today, and then all the different practical ways that can occur. But then the second part, what I wanna do, is I, I wanna talk about when that doesn't happen. Um, those times when you feel like God's got his mute button on. And I want to give you some really practical options that you can do in that season. So, um, like I said, I, I want to lay some foundation for us today. If, let me just put a disclaimer on this. If you've been in the church or if you've been a Christian for a while, this is not new information for you, okay? This is going to be review. However, 
If you are new to the Christian faith, if you are new to the church, this next part is going to change your life. And I don't say that as like a hype man. I sincerely believe that. If you've never heard this next part, this is the best news I guarantee you're going to get today. So one of the first things we see in the Bible is simply put, I can't say it any simpler than this, God still speaks to us today. God still speaks to us today. Um, in Genesis, this is where we first see it, uh, in the book of Genesis, first book in the Bible, God reveals himself to us. He creates our world literally by speaking it into existence. So I'm not going to read all of these, but there's all of these verses in Genesis where it's said, God said. That is how he created you and I. That is how he created the world, by speaking. If you skip ahead a little bit in the New Testament, we're going to meet a prophet by the name of Jeremiah, and we see this verse. Jeremiah was having a, a heck of a time at this time, and God says this. He says, call to me, and I will answer you. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. All right, Tyler, that's fantastic, but that's the Old Testament. That's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. So let's go to the New Testament, because this is from the book of John. And John 8, I love this, says, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And then Jesus, a couple chapters later, famous verse, he says this, my sheep listen to my voice. Subtext, he's speaking. I know them and they follow me. So this might be the best news that you've heard in your life so far. As a follower of Jesus, you have the ability to hear his voice, period. So I can say, um, like through 24 years of being a Christian, I've had moments in which I was, I was sure that God was speaking to me. So you might ask, like, well, what does that mean? Was it in an audible voice like you're hearing now? And the answer is no. I've, I've never had that experience. So then you might ask, okay, well then, how did God speak to you? And how are you sure that it was him? You guys have really good questions today. I admire that. <laughs> so first... Um, Let's talk about this. Let's talk about all the different ways in which God speaks today. Um, I mean, this could be a whole, actually, it is a whole class in itself that we've offered, hearing the voice of God. So we're not going to go through the whole class, obviously, but I'm just going to give you a super quick review on all the different ways that God speaks to us today. The Bible, obviously, the word is active and alive. You can hear God through prayer. You can hear God through worship. You can hear him through community, through other believers, through circumstances, through signs, miracles, angels, dreams and visions, and yes, God's audible voice. So to answer the question, how did God speak to you uh, in the last 24 years? I mean, I've, I've experienced personally, I've experienced a number of these. I've experienced God speaking to me through uh, the Bible, uh, through prayer. Um, I've had a couple dreams, which has been great. And yes, through signs. Like in one circumstance, it was a literal sign, and that's, that's a story for another day. But I did want to share with you a story that happened just a couple weeks ago. Do you ever have these, like, what I call, like, half prayers going through your mind? Um, it's like, I had one of these, and, it, and it's kind of hard to describe because it was this thing that was bouncing around in my mind. It, it wasn't a prayer, but it, it wasn't not a prayer, if that makes sense to you. Um, there were some situations in a, I, that I was dealing with at work, and I just had this thought, like, okay, what... What, what do I need to do here? And like I said, it's hard to describe it because I wasn't like, okay, God, what do I need to do? 
it wasn't that formal. I was just like, all right, what, what, do I, what do I need to do? And in my Bible reading, I saw this verse that I've never noticed before. Um, this is the crazy thing about the Bible. Like, I've read through the Bible several times, and this is the kind of verse that I would latch onto, that I would normally just eat up. But I've, it's like I've never seen it. And it was this. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. And I cannot tell you when I read that. It was like six in the morning, and I read that, and I just, I just put down the Bible, and I just thought about that. Because it spoke to me so much, because the integrity of heart I get. Like, I often tell our team, like, I'm concerned with what you're doing, but I'm more concerned with how you're doing. So I understand integrity of heart, but the skillful hands, God was speaking to me in that moment, level up, son, level up. And I, so I just said, okay. I, that was a direct word from God where I was like, okay, there are some things I need to do to get better with the skillful hands. And so some things I've done, like in, even in the last, you know, last little bit, I've seen just a great, um, if you will, return on investment, if you will, at work. It's really been productive for me at work. And that was, that was exactly what I needed at that moment. I, I, I know I've read that before, but God was like, here, this is what you need for that moment. All right, so the second part of your fantastic question. How did you know that was God? How'd you know? I mean, couldn't that have been coincidence or just some random verse you read or bad clams? For some reason, that's always the illustration with seafood and hearing from God. I don't know why. Um, But couldn't you really explain away a lot of that? And um, I'm admittedly biased on this answer, but no, you can't. Because first, I'm I'm not a big believer in coincidence when it comes to matters of faith. Um, Second, and here's the important part, whenever my wife and I have a practice that whenever we are asking God for something and we want to know that it's him speaking, we want to know that we know that we know, um, we always ask him to confirm it, always, uh, in multiple ways. So what does that look like? So maybe, maybe one day I'm, I'm praying and I'm, you know, I get this, this thought or this word that says, Tyler, blank. Okay, I take that. And I'm like, all right, that might be the voice of God. That might be it. The next thing I will always do is I will start to research that in the Bible. Because I want to see if what I heard is consistent with the character of God. So from there, if I'm feeling good about that, then usually what I'll do is I'll go to community. I will, you know, we have trusted friends, follower of Jesus, and I'll say, hey, JR, you know, what, what do you think about this? I, I've, heard, I've heard this, and you know, I see this pattern, but, but what do you think? And so I get, I get confirmations, and then we just, a lot of times we'll just say, okay, God, confirm it again. Confirm it again. So there's multiple iterations. That's how I know that God spoke to me. And you guys, let me just tell you, um, 24 years of doing this, there's been multiple times, we've been in multiple transition periods where God has been so faithful. God has just been amazing where he's like, okay, Mr. Insecurity, you need it confirmed multiple times, done. I will confirm it multiple times, and he has. But what happens when that doesn't happen? Of all the ways that I talked about before, all these fantastic ways, you're, you're reading the Bible and you're in prayer and you're in community and you're in worship. What happens when, what happens when you're getting nothing? When you feel like the mute button is on? How are we, this sounds so presumptuous, but how are we as believers supposed to take the mute button off of God 
And then when, when you read this verse that somebody on a Sunday morning tells you about Jesus himself saying, my sheep hear my voice, and we don't. Because now you've got a side helping of guilt on you, right? Because this is Jesus himself saying, well, if you're my sheep, you hear my voice, and you're like, sorry, don't. This can be a really tough spot, can't it? Been there. This can be a really tough spot, especially now if you have this side helping of guilt, and then you start comparing yourself to other people who have this, like, bat phone connection with God that's like, there's like half the people like, who's that? I don't know. What? Google it. You'll have some fun. Adam West. That's what you need to Google. Adam West. They have this like bat phone connection with God where they're, they're like going to Walmart and they like know where to park and they get, they're getting all the parking spaces and God gives them a to-do list for the morning and they just, yeah, I know that I know. It's like, oh my goodness, I would love to be you, but I am not. What do you do with that? It can be a tough spot. One of the such an interesting thing about the Bible is that the Bible is full of these great victorious stories, right? Of, of God's people hearing from him and then these amazing results. Think about this, like um, Noah, he heard from God, he built a boat, right? Um, Moses, he heard from God, he parted the sea. I mean, Joshua, you know, we just had a lunar eclipse, not the same thing, but Joshua heard from God, the sun stood still for a day. That's the highlight reel of the Old Testament, by the way. If you were on the Instagram, that is what would show up in your feed. This next part, though, would never show up in your feed because this next part are the stories that sometimes you don't hear about, sometimes you don't talk about. It's the stories of waiting, of uncertainty, of silence. Remember, remember our boy Elijah? Corey talked about him last week a little bit. Elijah was this guy, cliff notes of the story is that he was a prophet and God was using him. And so Elijah delivered this word to a bunch of farmers, a bunch of people that lived off the land. Elijah delivers this word that says, because of what you're doing, paraphrase, because of what you're doing, there will be no more rain for three years. Sorry, what? These people live off the land, literally their livelihood. And Elijah says, sorry, because of what you're doing, no rain for three years. And check this out. In verse Kings, I want to show you this in 18.1. After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. If you look at the original language, after a long time, the three years was actually three and a half years. So there's this guy being, you know, prophet to the world, to the nation, to this, to this part, and he says, okay, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. Nothing. There was not weekly status updates on the rain. There wasn't God saying, nope, keep it up. You're doing a great job. Year one, they didn't have like a check-in, like, all right, what's your status? Okay, no rain, good. Nothing for three and a half years. And everybody's blaming Elijah. Remember Job? If you don't, this guy was put through the ringer. This guy had a heck of a time. Most of his family died. His land, his resources were gone. His body wasn't doing well. For 37 chapters in the book of Job, Job, I mean, holy cow, you want to talk about real language? Read the book of Job because he's asking God for answers, right? Quite directly. And all he gets is nothing. So towards the end, I want you to hear the emotion in what Job is saying. He says this. He says, 
I cry out to you for help and you do not answer me. I stand and you only look at me. I imagine his teeth gritted at that point because by this time, man, Job, he's having a heck of a time. And what had to be this intense time of silence in the New Testament, there's a story where uh, Jesus' friends, Lazarus, Mary and Martha, John 11 says this, we're just going to read it. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of uh, yeah, now a certain man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus was now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. So put this in perspective, Mary and Martha send word to come because they, they know Jesus can heal and, and Lazarus is obviously a friend, he says, come heal him. And Jesus says, no, I'm not going anywhere. For two days, I'm staying right where I am. For two days, imagine that silence that Mary and Martha had. They don't, they don't know the end of the story they don't know that Lazarus is going to have a different ending. In two days, which probably felt like two years to them, all they had was Jesus saying, no, I'm not coming. I'm staying right where I am. So we see both. We see that God has his highlight reel of amazing stories, and we see where these situations where God was apparently silent. And I would say, yeah, that, that tracks with life. I mean, I, I assume if you're a Christ follower this morning, you've probably had both of those situations. You've probably had the highs and you might have had the lows. So what are we supposed to do with these times? Um, to be really honest with you this morning, we need to remember that God is really hard to understand because he told us he is. He literally told us. In Isaiah, he says this. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. So, we're going to talk about some practicality here in a little bit, but in all actuality, there's no formula, you guys. God says, my thoughts aren't yours. My ways aren't yours. And I think when God says that, we need to believe it. Because here's another truth we need to remember. I didn't put the verse up there, but God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, right? There's a story I remember. There's this retired couple driving down a very familiar dirt road, and... The, the husband's driving, wife's in the passenger seat, and she says, you remember when we used to take drives when we were first married? She says, yeah. And she says, you remember that, that old blue pickup truck that we used to have? It had the bench seat in it. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. She says, you remember like when we would like snuggle up together, like you would put your arm around me when driving and we would just drive? He said, I, I do remember that. And she said, why don't we do that anymore? He looked at her and he said, I'm not the one who moved. God didn't change. We did. Right? God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So we need to understand that how we experience God in God's absence or distance or silence, whatever we perceive is 100% our perception, right? 
Our relationship to God is viewed through our perspective, and that means our history, our circumstance, whatever it is. And, and here's the truth, and this is really hard to understand, but in those situations that I was talking about, you know, Job and Elijah, Mary and Martha, God wasn't absent, and he wasn't indifferent. It's just how it felt to them at the time, and it may be just how it feels to you in this moment. When, when we feel forgotten by God, and actually the Bible has a different word for that. The Bible has a word that's called forsaken. Has anybody heard that word before? Jesus said that word. In the moment when God put everything on him on the cross, Jesus himself says, God, why have you forsaken me? But here's the truth. God didn't. We sang it this morning. Like, will he leave us? He won't. And he said it. He says, uh, actually, we're going to go back because he says, neither will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Never. When will he leave you? Never. When will he forsake you? Never. Does that mean your feelings are not real? No. Does that verse make your feelings go away? No. But one of my favorite authors says this. He says, sometimes you just got to promise, you, you have to believe the promise more than the perception. It doesn't make the feelings go away, but sometimes we just have to remember, okay, he's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. All right, so here's where we're going to get really practical. If you're in that moment of like, yeah, whatever you're talking about, yes, God's got the mute on. How do I take it off? The answer is you're not going to. The answer is this is all about you because his ways are not our ways. So here's just a few practical things that you can do. Number one, turn down the noise. Turn down the noise. I want to introduce you to somebody. Um, you might not know this person's name, but I'm guessing you know his story. The year was 1912, and this person's name is Jack Phillips. And he was a wireless radio operator, so his whole job was to take incoming communications, transcribe it, deliver it to who they were for, and likewise, to transcribe outgoing communications so they went to the next person. Well, Jack was having a really bad couple of days because the machine that he was working on was down. So for two days, his machine was down. He couldn't do anything. So there was just this backlog of messages that were happening. Well, the machine got repaired, and he had all this work to do. Jack Phillips was the wireless board operator on the Titanic. So he had all these messages piling up, and so he's transcribing them, and he's trying to get to them to passengers on the ship. Well, a message came in from another ship, and the message said that there was possibility of ice and to take an alternate route. Well, the sender of that message didn't get a reply, so the sender kept sending messages through to Jack. Finally, Jack Phillips, official record, sent a message back saying this, shut up, shut up, I am busy, I am working Cape Race. The sender of that message, of the original message, got it and said, okay. I, got, he, I sent the message, he got it, and he shut his radio off. One hour and 10 minutes later at 11.40 p.m., the Titanic hit an iceberg. Jack got on his radio and he tried to send a distress call to the nearest ship, which was the USS California, the same ship that sent him this message. The guy turned his radio off. He's like, I'm going to bed. I've had enough. Turned his radio off. 
Sometimes I think there's so many things happening in our world. There's so much interaction that we get this message maybe from God and we can't hear it because there's so much happening in our world. So whatever that means to you, I'm not going to paint you a picture of what this means in your life. This is all for you. Whatever it means to turn down the noise. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe you, you stop watching news for a season. Maybe you stop doing social media. I don't know what it means. But whatever that means for you, consider what it would look like to you to turn down the noise. Because that leads us into number two. This one's hard. Be comfortable with the silence. I've said before that the mark of a solid relationship is the ability to comfortably share silence with one another. Oswald Chambers has this great quote he wrote in My Utmost for His Eye, a great book. He says, when you cannot hear God, you'll find that he has trusted you in the most intimate way possible with absolute silence, not a silence of despair, but one of pleasure because he saw that you could withstand an even bigger revelation. Man, when Leslie and I were first dating, I mean, we... I was, I was horrible at this. We could not share silence um, because we didn't know each other. Well, I would just say stupid things like, hi. True story. <laughs> but as we got to know each other better, we could share silence. And I would say one of the hallmarks of a, of a great relationship in your life is can you share silence with that person comfortably? I think it's possible with a silence, God's dealing with you in a way that he hasn't dealt with you before. And maybe the second step to turning down that noise is to being comfortable with that silence, leaning into it. Number three, go back to the last thing. What does that mean? Um, We have a great friend, Dr. Clem Ferris. He's one of our overseers here. He said this to me so long ago, and I've, I mean, this is is like 15 years old. I remember this. Um, So Clem is a traveling speaker, and he does prophetic ministry, very gifted. And he said he gets this question all the time. He says, the question he gets is, why is God not speaking to me? Why don't, why don't I have a current prophetic word? And his response, 100% of the time, is, what'd you do with what God told you last time? Whew. Whenever you're in a season of not hearing from God, it's good counsel to go back to what you know. Bust those journals out. Is, is, there, is there something that God has said to you in the past that maybe you haven't paid attention to? Is there something that God has told you to do that, that you haven't? Go back to what you know. So if you might say, okay, good advice, but I've done that. I've, I've gone through the journals. I don't, there's nothing. I, I don't know what to do. Well, then I would suggest number four, go back to the basics. If you're in a spot where you don't know what to do next, there's nothing left outstanding, I, re- I recommend you go back to the basics. And what that means, near the end of his time on earth, Jesus gave us what's been referred to now as the great commandment. And he says this, Matthew 22, 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That means love God, love people. So whatever that means to you, again, again, I'm not going to draw you a, you know, a, a three-step plan for this, but I would ask you, what does it mean in your life to completely lean into loving God? 100% with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, nothing's left behind. What does it mean to love God? Similarly, what does it mean to love people? And he didn't say this, but what does it mean to love people with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Because I believe that if, if you're doing those things, if you're loving God, if you're pushing into loving God, if you're pushing into loving people, you're going to find maybe some direction in that season you didn't have before. Because Jesus told us that is the greatest commandment. 
if you forget all the other things, the, the leaders at the time were saying, sum up the Old Testament. What is most important? He says, here it is. It's like Billy Crystal, the one thing. Love God, love people. All right, so turn down the noise. Be comfortable with the silence. Go back to the last thing. Go back to the basics. This, the last point, I really want some folks to, to hear this because this is so important. This, is, this one is so important that I saved it to the end and I don't have a verse to back it up. That's really good speaking, by the way. I don't have a verse. I have a hundred verses. Let's go through those, shall we? This is a picture of more than a hundred verses in the Bible that was really fun to type out onto a slide. These verses represent so many stories and so many people, so many circumstances, yet God spoke the same thing in each of these verses, in each of these stories. And first what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight it in yellow because he said the exact same thing. All the moments in yellow is he's saying the exact same thing. And this is what he's saying. The yellow moments say, do not be afraid. I'm not going to tell, tell you who it is because I don't know that he would want me to say his name, but somebody prayed for me this morning and he said in his prayer, Tyler, be of good courage. Word from the Lord this morning, right? God said a hundred different times in the Old Testament and the New Testament, do not be afraid. He spoke those things because those people needed to hear it. He is speaking that to you this morning because I think some people in this room needed to hear that. And you know what? Some people this morning like say, okay, well, I want it confirmed. I want a sign. There you go. There's your sign. Whatever season you're in, I can't tell you this any more sincerely than this. I know it can be scary. You're facing some circumstances right now in which you don't know what to do, and you don't know where to go, and you don't know who to do it with, and you don't know what the future holds. Leslie and I have been in those circumstances. And fear is a natural response. I don't want you feeling guilt because you're afraid. God never said you're not going to be afraid. He said, be of good courage. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So this morning, I want to remind you of something. He said that he's never going to leave you. He said he's never going to forsake you. He said that he knows he has the plans for you. He said those plans are for a future and for a hope. God sees you this morning. God sees your circumstances this morning. He is not surprised by anything you're going through. He is not offended by anything you will ask. This morning, if if I could give you any encouragement, don't be afraid. He hasn't left you, and he never will. Let's pray. God, we are so appreciative this morning that you, you, you built this world in which you speak to us, Father, that we're not left to just go on our own, that we're not left to make up the story as we go along, God. And, and I just pray, Father, that during this season, Lord, I, I just, 
I know some things in the natural, Lord. There's some situations in the room where people, they need to hear from you. So God, I pray that they would lean into everything we talked about this morning, God. But I pray, Father, that you would just be speaking to your people. I pray that you would be speaking to your people loudly through all the different ways you do that, Father. And God, find us faithful. Find us faithful with our part. Find us faithful with loving, loving you and loving people, God. I just pray a blessing on our church. I pray a blessing on those listening online. In Jesus' name, amen.